Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast, including the Old Time Radio radio superman show uh we uh, did every episode of uh, the superman radio show that was in existence from 2008 to 2018 uh many of them did end up uh, disappearing off uh because of a server issue but we are rebuilding that so you can uh go and check that out uh we also have uh the uh, Amazing World of Radio over at amazing.greatdetectives.net. So many uh, radio miniseries and tributes we've done there. Also, our World War II podcast, The War, thewar.greatdetectives.net, and the video version of this episode at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Uh, but now we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date, December 9th, 1954, and the title is Murder Seeks a Lost Penny. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Weight, 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. <laughs> Who is it? The Fat Man. And now, here's the Fat Man in Murder Seeks a Lost Penny. This one began one warm spring evening. My mother was in town for a visit, and we were out walking. But she took a fancy to an ice cream soda. I didn't exactly object, and we were going through a pair of them at the drugstore around the corner. It's an ordinary drugstore, except that this one also sold drugs. Mother had just finished her soda and looked as if she'd like to continue the process. I'm going to have another one, Brad. How about you? One's enough for me, Mark. Oh, ice cream's good for you. Honey, they don't call me the fat man for nothing. Posh and cool. I've had trouble with you ever since you were a baby. You always ate like a bird. That's the fattest lie you ever told, Mom. Look at me. Do I look anemic? You used to be hungry all the time. Your appetite's failing. Don't anyone move. (gasps) Okay, you over there. You, get up and walk to the counter. That's us, Mom. That's a hold-up. Let's go. He's got a gun, and I've got enough weight without collecting some lead. A hold-up? This is an outrage. He's pointing a gun at us. Get going. We are. Come along, Mark. Okay, now turn your backs to me. All right, you behind the counter. Open up the cash register. Now I don't want any bills, just the pennies. I want every penny in the box. That goes for you, too, fat guy. Pennies? That's easy. Here, I got four of them. Okay, hand them over. What's the idea of the pennies, mister? Stop. 
You, lady. I want all your pennies, too. Well, if you'll just wait a moment, I, I, I look in my pocket. Oh, hurry up, you old fool. Don't, Don't like anyone fool. calling my mother an old fool. Let go of me, sir. Oh. Now I'll take this gun. Get up. Oh, nice work, Brad. But you shouldn't have done that. He might have shot us. Oh, you nearly... Kill me. I don't like being held up even for pennies. Get up. You and I are going to the police. Mom, you run along home. Oh, he's very dangerous. Why must you take him to the police? Can't you phone them? Don't you worry. I can take care of myself pretty well. Well, watch yourself with this thief. Make sure he's properly arrested. It's disgraceful what goes on in this city. Brad, remember we've got two tickets for the ice show for tonight? I'll be waiting for you. I'll be back soon, Mom. Come on, mister. We're going to tie a pink ribbon on you and put you away. Say, I thought we were going to the police station. No, it's my office. And we'll get to the police soon enough. You aroused my curiosity. You must have come fresh out of an institution. No, I'm not crazy. Well, you're not an ordinary criminal. Watch your racket. You better close the door first. What's your name? Jack Norton. What are you collecting pennies for? Because they're so nice and round. All right, wise guy, I've lost my curiosity. Maybe you'll be more talkative with the cops. Now, wait a minute, wait. You're a private detective, aren't you? That's what it says on the door. Well, I'm looking for a private investigator. I'll pay you well. I'm listening. Okay, I'll tell you what it's about. An embezzler, Jim Burke, now in prison, sent his wife three pennies. They belong to me, and I've got to have them. Why? I can't tell you right now. Mr. Norton, I don't take cases without knowing the reason why. We'd better go to the police. These pennies have a great personal importance to me. Why were you looking for them in the drugstore? Because Burke's wife said she accidentally gave the coins to the druggist while buying a tube of toothpaste. If the pennies were sent to Mrs. Burke, what right have you got to them? Because they really belong to me. The whole thing sounds phony. Uh, maybe you're not a common criminal, but maybe you're a fancy one. Mr. Runyon, there's nothing phony about it. I wish I could tell you now, but I can't. How about uh, $500 as a down payment? Huh? That's an interesting angle. Okay. Here you are. Five of them. $100 each. Now, you can start looking in on Mrs. Burke. She lives right above the drugstore. Now, what do you say, fat man? You make it intriguing. I'll look into it. Hey, did you say there would be $1,500 more when I find the three pennies you're looking for? I didn't say it. Okay, it's a deal. You carry lots of money around with you. Nice people don't do that. Yeah, what do you want? I'd like to talk to you, Mrs. Burke. I won't take up much of your time. I don't talk to strangers. Goodbye. Please get your foot out of the doorway. I don't like to force myself upon you, Mrs. Burke, but it's important that I talk to you. So let's be friendly about it, shall we? What are you after, mister? 
I'm interested in three pennies, Mrs. Burke, and I think you can help me. I don't know what you're talking about. What three pennies? The ones your husband sent you from prison. How do you know? Did Norton tell you? It doesn't make any difference how I know. Of course it was Norton. He was here a few hours ago. He managed to get one of the pennies from me by force. Oh, he did. What about the rest? Well, I... I told Norton I accidentally gave the rest to the druggist. Yeah, I know. That's where we bumped into each other. Excuse me. Hello? I'd like to talk to Mr. Runyon, please. You must have the wrong number. There's nobody here by the name of Runyon. Oh, that's for me. Let me have the phone. Hello? Runyon? Yeah, who's this? Oh, uh, this is Norton. Uh, look, you can forget about the pennies. I got them. I won't need your help anymore. Hey, just a minute. Well, thank you all the same. Goodbye. Norton! He hung up. He says he's got the three pennies, Mrs. Burke. He's lying. Why is Norton after the pennies, and why did your husband send them to you? I don't know why, but those three pennies mean something. I must get the other penny Norton stole from me. Perhaps I can help. I'm a private detective, and I'm not working for Norton now. Oh, I guess you're all right. What do you want me to do? First, tell me the truth. What do those three pennies mean? I honestly don't know. Don't lie to me, Mrs. Burke. I'm not lying. I had no idea they were important until Norton tried to get them. He offered me $5,000 for them. Who is Mr. Norton? He used to be a business partner of my husband. Your husband was convicted of embezzlement, wasn't he? Yeah. Was Norton mixed up in it? He was also accused, but he was acquitted. How did you get the three pennies? In a letter. Here, I'll show it to you. Dearest, in case anything happens to me, here is all the money I have, three pennies. I hope they will make you very happy. Goodbye, darling. Jim. A very strange letter. I, I don't understand the pennies at all or what they mean. You say Norton took one of the pennies from you, but you managed to hide the other two. May I see them? Funny thing, Mr. Runyon, the... There weren't three pennies in the envelope. There were only two. You must have forgotten to send the third one. Let me see the one you have. I dropped it into the sugar bowl without noticing it. Look, I'll get it. Somewhere inside the sugar. Oh, here it is. Yeah. The lower half of the figure of Lincoln has been carefully scraped off. What are you doing with the penny? I'm putting it in my pocket. Why? Why? Well, maybe I ought to hold it. You might lose it. I never lose anything, not even weight. Look, Mrs. Burke, you've got to trust me or I can't work with you. And it's got to be 100% or it's no go. All right. I trust you, Mr. Onion. Good. Now, you said there were only two pennies in the envelope. Yeah. I don't know why he said there were three when there were only two. Maybe there was a reason or maybe he just forgot the other penny. The only way to find out is to go up to the prison and have a talk with your husband. Goodbye, Mrs. Burke. I'll give him your love. Hello, Mac. Hi. What's up, Brad? I need a permit to see a prisoner. Will you fix it up for me? Sure. Who's the prisoner? A guy by the name of Jim Burke sent up for embezzlement. And what do you know about Jim Burke? Not much. I'm trying to find out something. 
Well, you won't need a permit to see him. No, why not? Because he escaped a few hours ago. Come in, Mrs. Burke. I hope I didn't keep you waiting. I came as soon as I could. And please sit down. Why did you want me to come to your office? To save time. Where's your husband hiding out? My husband? What are you talking about? You just went out to the prison to see him. I didn't. When did you see your husband last? About ten days ago. What's happened? Jim Burke has escaped. Has escaped? When? Several hours ago. Shouldn't have done that. He'll get caught and sent up for good. He probably will. My only lead now is Norton. You know where he can be reached? I don't know where he lives. Excuse me. Hello? This is Mac. What's up? Plenty. We found Jim Burke. Okay, I'm going right down. I must talk to him. Don't bother. Jim Burke's got two slugs in his hand. He's dead. I see. You know who did it? No, do you? Not yet. As soon as I learn anything, I'll call you back. What's the matter, Mr. Rains? Your husband was found dead a little while ago. Dead? Jim, dead? It's true, Mrs. Burke. I'm sorry. Who did it? We don't know yet. Martin must have killed him. He never liked Jim. They never got along. We've got to find Norton. There must be some place we can get to him. He must have friends or relatives. Do you know anyone close to him? <laughs> Mrs. Burke, you've got to help me. The only one I know is a friend of his. A woman named Joyce Wood. I met her when she, she lived at the Garden Hotel. That's good enough. I'll find Miss Woods. <laughs> I might even give her a penny for her thoughts. I'd like to talk to you. If you're looking for Norton, he's not here. And I don't know where he is. I'll wait. He's gone away. He won't be back. That's all right. I'd like to talk to you. I'm busy. In that case, sister, I'll come back later with a police escort. You don't frighten people. I'll be back with some uniform friends. Oh, all right. You can come in and look for yourself if you want to. Thanks for the hospitality. Nice, elegant apartment. I'm glad you like it. Why does a pretty girl like you get mixed up with a guy like Norton? Why does a fat man like you stick his nose into other people's business? Yeah, that's for that one. Where can I find Norton, sister? I don't know. I've got some information for him. Did you find the penis? So you know nothing about Norton. Stay where you are. I'll get it. Jack, you've got yourself a visitor. Oh, the fat man. What are you doing here? Getting acquainted with your girlfriend? She doesn't like fat men. Now, get out. Norton, besides being rude, you're something of a liar. 
You told me on the phone that you had the coin. Look, you're not working for me anymore. Now, be smart and forget the pennies. That would be a bit difficult. Because just by accident, I happen to have them in my pocket. You have? Well, if you uh, give them to me, I'll pay the rest of the money. You fired me, remember? You don't owe me anything. Besides, the situation's a little different since I saw you last. For example, Jim Burke got himself murdered. He's in prison. He escaped and got himself killed. Now, Joyce, please don't get behind me. I hate people looking over my shoulder. Oh, you're not afraid, are you? To be perfectly honest, I am. My mother always told me to beware of pretty girls sneaking up behind Now, listen, fat man, I don't know what your game is, but you, you give me those pennies and I'll give you the dough. Double. You offered Mrs. Burke 5000 for them. I think I'm getting gypped. And then again, Norton, Burke was murdered. Some people think you did it. You can't pin that one on me. The police might think that you did the job. After all, Jim Burke was a business partner of yours, and you were both tried for the crime of embezzlement. You were acquitted. But now the police might feel differently. Besides, you forced Mrs. Burke to give you one of the pennies, and now you're in hiding. All these things add up very uncomfortably. You're just trying to frame me. Well, it won't work. Well, I've got to be going. Thanks for inviting me in, Joyce. No, no, Norton, I... Don't touch any gun. I'm liable to shoot you in self-defense. Well, goodbye. Oh, yes, I forgot something. The penny you stole from Mrs. Burke. May I have it, please? I haven't got it with me. Hand it over and be quick about it. You'll be sorry, fat man. Thanks ever so much. Miss Woods, it was nice meeting you. Thanks for everything. Oh, Brad, I suppose you'll never change. You always worry and fret when you're working on a case. Mom, this one's really a puzzler. There's a key to it somewhere, but I don't know where to start looking. You know, son, sometimes it's a good idea to relax when you're faced with a difficult problem. It helps you to think more clearly. Remember you always said that listening to good music is the best way to relax? I know, Mom. But I haven't got time to relax. Nonsense. There's always time. Remember how you always liked Beethoven? Especially this one that I used to play for you. The Moonlight Sonata. That's right. Brad. Look at these two pennies, Mom. You wouldn't think a man was murdered because of them, would you? Murdered for pennies? See, one of them has the date crossed out, leaving just the number 19. And the other penny has half of the figure of Lincoln scraped off. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe the penny that was lost would clear it up. It's the lower half of Lincoln that's crossed out on this penny. It's divided exactly in two. Why, I think that's it. The name Lincoln has two syllables. Divided exactly in two, and you have link, con. The lower half is crossed out. That just leaves the link part of Lincoln. The two pennies mean link 19 or 19 link. Well, what do you suppose it is? If I had the lost penny, I'd know. Mrs. Burke might be able to tell me. Well, you better have your dessert first. I've got a real surprise for you. Your favorite dessert. 
strawberry shortcake. I can hardly wait. I... What's the matter, Brad? Somebody slipped a letter under the door. Oh, must be a bill of some kind. Not at this hour. Ah, quite a bill. What is it? They put pennies on the eyes of dead men. No signature. Now, what do you think of that? First we get held up for pennies, and now someone wants us to forget them. Son, you you ought to keep away from this. It, it sounds very dangerous. Come and have your strawberry shortcake and forget the pennies. I haven't got time now. There's someone else mixed up in this, and it might be a murderer. Mrs. Burke could be his next victim. I'll be back. Save the cake for me, Mom. Mr. Feinlock? Yes, Mrs. Burke? And I got your penny back. Did you have him arrested? No. I don't believe he killed your husband. There's somebody else who's very anxious about the pennies. Does Link 19 or 19 Link mean anything to you? Um, there's a Link Road number 19. It's familiar, but I can't remember. I'll try information on the phone. Maybe I can get it that way. Information. Can you give me the telephone number at 19 Link Road? Park 6, 4023. Can you tell me under what name the phone is listed? Arnold Thatcher. Thanks, honey. Mrs. Burke... Do you know an Arnold Thatcher? Yes, he's an old associate of my husband's. I remember him. They saw each other frequently. I never knew what he did except that Jim spent lots of time with him in Norton. What's Thatcher got to do with this? The code on the pennies was Thatcher's address. I'm going to pay him a visit. I'm going with you. I have a feeling this is going to be for men only. You better stay home and keep yourself alive and healthy. No, I'm going with you. All right, you go at your own risk. First, I'll use your phone. Who are you calling? Lieutenant McKenzie. I'll have him meet up with us at 19 Link Road, just in case. Here's the house. Very big house, too. There's no light showing. Maybe Mr. Thatcher's asleep. I have to wake him up. I'll try it again. If he doesn't answer, I'll have to be crude about it and go in through the window. He's apparently not home. I've crawled through windows before. Yeah, this is closed tight. Ah, there it is. It's dark in there. You stay here on the porch. I'll be out in a little while. I wouldn't stay out here alone for all the pennies in the world. I'm going with you. Okay, sister. I'll go in first. Here, give me a hand. Uh, see if you can find the light switch. You won't have to. Uh, I'll switch it on for you. May I introduce myself? I'm Brad Runyon, better known as the Fat Man. And this is Mrs. Jim Burke. You know her, of course. Stay where you are, Fat Man. Several people have been pointing guns at me in the past 24 hours. It seems to be epidemic. 
I presume you're Mr. Thatcher. What do you mean by breaking into my house? We tried coming in the front door, but you didn't answer. I was asleep. With all your clothes on? Don't you find it kind of lumpy? You can get ten years for breaking into a house. Well, we're burglars and we deserve to be punished. I'll call the police for you. Put that phone down. If you insist. There's some blood on the floor, Mr. Thatcher. Hand over those pennies, fat man. Isn't that the body of Norton lying in the corner? <laughs> Give me those pennies or you'll be joining him. Sure, here they are. They won't tell you anything you don't already know. I'll save you a lot of bother. The message contained in the pennies is your own address. Yeah, it's very clever of Jim Burke hiding it in my own house. Been here all the time. Where's the third penny? It's lost. Hand it over. Jim never sent a third penny. In his letter, he said there were three, but there were only two. Look, I have the letter in my purse. Here, you can see for yourself. Yeah, I think I know what he meant. Jim was fond of my collection of records. A very clever idea. I got him. Thanks, Mac. I'm glad I left that window open. Ah, my hand. Hey, what's going on in there? I was just interviewing a murderer. There's one of his victims. Well, Thatcher, you've been on a murder spree. Why did you kill Burke and Norton? He isn't going to talk. Let's take him over to headquarters. Wait a minute. There's something I've still got to find. A murderer here mentioned that Burke was fond of music. There's a connection between that and the lost penny. I don't understand what you're talking about. What's this lost penny? The lost penny is the key to something hidden in this house. And it could have something to do with music. That just seems to have quite a collection of record albums. Classical, too. Look here. Chopin's Piano Preludes, Schubert's Unfinished Symphony, Beethoven's Rondo Capriccio, and G Major. This is no time to look over his music collection. Beethoven's Rondo Capriccio? Uh, that's the one that's known as Fury over a lost penny. The lost penny. That's what we've been looking for. Are you crazy, Brad? You're not going to play that record now, are you? Why not? Beethoven's Fury Over a Lost Penny is a fine piece of music. You'll like it. Leave the album alone. Let's get going. Take a look inside the album, Mac. I'm not going to look at any records. Of... Hey. $1,000 banknotes. A big stack of them. Yeah, about $100,000. There never was a third penny. It was the lost penny by Beethoven. You see, Mac, these three men, Burke, Norton, and Thatcher, worked out an embezzlement scheme. Burke got caught, but not before he hid the money. He double-crossed his two pals. They've been trying to find where the money was hidden. Probably when Burke escaped, he came right to Thatcher's house to get the money out of the album. But that's where he made a fatal mistake. What about Norton lying over there? My guess is that as soon as Norton heard that Burke had been murdered, he figured that Thatcher had killed him and gotten the money. He came hot-footing over here, and he's lying there in the corner. Isn't that the way everything happened, Thatcher? I've got nothing to say. Maybe you'll be more talkative later. Well, what do we do with Mrs. Burke? She's innocent of the whole deal. She didn't even know what the pennies meant. I'll still have to take it on for questioning. You're, you're not going to put me in prison. You'd better go with Mac, Mrs. Burke. I don't think they'll hold you very long. Okay, Thatcher, let's get going. We'll go out the door this time. Come on, Mrs. Burke. Say, Mac, how about coming over to my apartment as soon as you get through at headquarters? Sure, what's up? My mother makes the finest strawberry shortcake you've ever tasted, with luscious red berries cradled in thick whipped cream over a delicious old-fashioned biscuit. 
Mac, you love it. Well, that's that. It seems I spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long. Welcome back. Well, that was Rage Over a Lost Penny uh, uh, on acoustic uh, guitar. Uh, the uh, arrangement was created by Ed Chang. It's a project of the Daily Beethoven over at lvbandmore.blogspot.com. I thought, given it playing such a prominent role and us not actually getting to hear any of it in the episode, that it would be nice to hear a little bit of it after the uh, program. I really enjoyed hearing Brad's mother in this episode. One of the ten surviving American episodes briefly uh, features his mother. And the case starts with him in a train station, uh, seeing her off on a train. And I'm glad that she was at least a bit of a recurring character. And I'd like to hear more of her. I like the fact that she thought his problem was that he was not eating big enough portions. I did think that the guy who sent the clue made this way too hard for his wife. I mean, it is a fine balance because if uh, he had been more explicit, you know, the male censors at the prison would have caught it. But on the other hand, this seems to require puzzle-solving skills beyond what she actually possessed. Well, listener comments and feedback now, and Joe offers this comment. I am really enjoying the fat man, although I feel like what was considered fat then isn't quite as fat as fat is now. Then again, pews in old churches and theaters seem downright small, which I think speaks more to the idea that modern-day Americans are probably just larger people in general. Uh, that aside, like I said, I'm enjoying this series a lot. I think the stories remind me of Philip Marlowe books. You made mention of that last episode, I believe. Uh, this, and referring to Murder and the Peacock, 
uh, reminded me of The Goldfish, one of the short stories in the book Trouble is My Business. The same story? No, but general overtones. But Adam, thank you for playing these shows. Well, thanks so much, Joe. I, I would agree. Uh, people were definitely smaller, and I don't think it was just in terms of weight, but also, you know, in terms of height. You look at the height of someone like Humphrey Bogart or Alan Ladd, and uh, they would be considered pretty short for today. And some reports indicate Ladd was, even back then, a bit height conscious. But yeah, definitely uh, in terms of weight, they definitely weighed less. Even the people who were considered fat, like Frank Smith, I think, on Dragnet, uh, played by Ben Alexander, I think he weighed less than 200 pounds. And I'd agree that there's a certain Marlowe-esque uh, influence on uh, the Fat Man radio series, even though uh, it's ostensibly a character who was created by Dashiell Hammett. And I do see the similarities between that story and uh, The Goldfish. And Trouble is My Business is a really fun uh, book if you like hard-boiled uh, detective fiction. There are essentially four Philip uh, Marlowe novellas. Though originally, I think all of the stories in the book were written for other detectives and then rewritten for Marlowe, mainly because most of Raymond Chandler's uh, detectives were interchangeable and basically Marlowe anyway, just by other names. That one is definitely well worth checking out. Well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Neil Patreon supporters since September 2019, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And that will actually do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and then we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.